choir. If you guys will please stand with us. Joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down. 
I don't know what you came to do, Bill Gates used to say, but I came. Praise the Lord. All right, praise the Lord. There's another word that we associate with that, and that is hallelujah. Say it with me. Hallelujah. That's a neat word. You break it down. Hallelujah, okay? Hallel, praise. The last part, Yah. Now, what's in the middle? You. So you do what? You praise Yahweh. You praise the Lord. All right, so when we say hallelujah, we say praise the Lord, we're uplifting him. We're pointing ourselves to him. We're asking him to be first and foremost in our thoughts and in our minds. And that's where I want us to go in the next few moments, thinking about our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, 2 Timothy and uh, chapter 2 is where we're going to be in the next few moments. So if you want to go ahead and, and find that, and then we'll go over into chapter 4 a little later in the sermon, but 2 Timothy chapter 2 is where we'll be. What weekend is this? Memorial Day. And so this weekend, we celebrate Memorial Day. It was first observed on May the 30th, 1868. Anybody here that was there? Uh, no, probably not. All right. But in 1868, to, to honor those that, were, that gave of their lives in which war? The Civil War. Now, here we are, Memorial Day. Wars, rumors of wars, just like the Bible said it will be before the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Still people serving, and unfortunately still people dying in the armed services. I served in, in Vietnam in 1967, 68, in the first part of 69. Lost some dear friends while I was there. And my heart is heavy for some of those folks and many of, of whom were my brothers in, in the service but that I didn't really know personally. Today we honor those, the war dead, and we do this because they gave the ultimate sacrifice. They gave their lives. Now, there have been hundreds of thousands I started to get the statistics and have them update, but I chose not to. Hundreds of thousands of great soldiers in the history of our country that have died for our freedom. Now, while we are honoring the war dead throughout American history, this morning I've got another great soldier on my mind. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, we want to honor the war dead, but we want to honor the, the great Lord Jesus Christ, the great soldier, the great warrior. And I'm reminded today that we are in his army. Huh? You realize that you're in the army of the Lord Jesus? What's that? How's that song go, David? Y'all don't know that? All right. 
So we're in the army of the Lord. Do you really understand that? Do you understand that what the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is, we're not on a cruise ship. Things are not just wonderful, great, but and we're not on the Titanic rearranging our chairs because the Titanic is going to do what? Sink. But we're on a warship. It's kind of hard to equate that, isn't it? Sometimes when you think about uh, that there is an enemy out there, and the enemy has a strategy, and that we are in the Lord's army, but he has already won the victory, and we've got to follow him and follow his plan so that when we come out on the other end, we don't sink. We don't sink, but rather we are honoring him. Now, I've reached a point in my life when I'm thinking a lot about legacy. Legacy. What, what am I leaving behind? My wife is notorious to tell all of our grandchildren, uh, here, have this, have this, have this, take this. And before I know it, man, all of our prized possessions have left our home. Uh, I mean, she, she just empties out the house every time a kid or a grandkid comes by. She says, you're getting your inheritance now because there's not going to be anything left. <laughs> and that's true. It's not in material things, is it? But it's rather in what are we really leaving behind? What is our legacy? If you turn to, and you don't have to do that right now, but Hebrews chapter 11. If you turn to Hebrews chapter 11, that is what we call the Hall of Fame, the Faith Hall of Fame. And we learn of all the men, the women who faithfully served uh, the, the Lord God, the Lord Jesus, and each of them paid the ultimate sacrifice that are honored there in Hebrews chapter 11. All great men, all great women who are good soldiers of the cross and died on the battlefield to preserve our faith. And I want to honor them as well. So stand in honor of reading of God's word, 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Knowing we're in the Lord's army, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Paul's talking to Timothy, addressing him as a soldier under his, his lead. He's leaving a legacy with Timothy. Let's turn over to chapter 4 for just a moment. And then in chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Paul comes to the end. Here's the legacy. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his 
Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Father, that you will speak to me and through me today to help us see what it means to have the qualities of a good soldier. Lord, to live our lives and sit away that when this life is over, we have left a legacy, not only for our families, but for all of those that you've given us opportunity to serve with and for those that we have never met, just preserving the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us today, Lord, and those that need to enlist in the army, may this be the day. May they come to Christ and come under his command and his lordship. Speak, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. One day, our life will be over. One day, barring the Lord coming beforehand, this room will just be a memory to those that are living. We will just be a memory to them. We've come and we've gone. Now, here's the question before I ever preach the message. Right now, right where you are, how will you be remembered? What will your family, what will be in their minds, what will be in their hearts? Those you've had opportunity to go and, and to share or those you didn't go and share, what will be the memory that they have of you? The time to think about these things, friend, is not then, but it's now. It's now that we think about these things. After we're gone, it'll be forever too late. It'll be forever too late. And as Paul neared the end of his life right here, he, he's languishing in a Roman prison. But from that cell is where he is. And from that cell, this great apostle, he begins to take steps to ensure that he would be remembered as a good soldier of the cross. He took the time to write a young Timothy. And he writes young Timothy and he gives him the secret of becoming a good soldier. He gives him the qualities of what a good soldier are. And it's with that thought I want you to consider with me this morning these things. Number one, notice that a good soldier, his, his number one quality, he's a follower. He is a follower. There in verses 2 and 3 that I read in the second chapter, because you see, he is a follower, and that implies relationship. Relationship. you got to be a part of you got to get in the Lord's army, if you will. you got to join the army. No one can be a soldier of the Lord Jesus until he first gets in the army, the Lord's army. Now, this is accomplished only through receiving Jesus as your Savior. So let's, let's stop. Are you in the Lord's army? Do you have a relationship, not religion, but a relationship with the Lord? Are you in his army? But it also implies rank. You military folks, you know what that means, rank. There's always someone higher than you. About the time you receive some, 
stripes or awards or recognition, there's always somebody that, that's higher than you. The same is true in the Lord's army. Every child of God is under, under rank under the, the Lord Jesus and is responsible for following him and his will for their lives. It also implies rule. So relationship, rank, and then rule. To refuse to follow, listen, to refuse to follow the orders is treason. It's treason. And when we're in the Lord's army, we have the obligation and the responsibility of obeying his orders, and listen, even unto death. So when we're memorialized, when we've given our all in the army with that relationship with the Lord, under his direction with our lives, always ranking as a servant under him, our leader. Notice right here with me something we really need to take a hard look at. Notice the call of Christ has not changed. It's still the same. He is the great shepherd. God's called me to be the under shepherd to the great shepherd. Just had a discussion with somebody a while ago prior to this service, kind of along these lines, and looked at me very honestly and said, I don't know why anybody would want to be the under-shepherd these days. Well, because God calls someone. You don't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I don't think I much want to be a doctor or a lawyer. I think I'll be a preacher. So you just say, well, what are you going to do to be a preacher? Well, it'd be a good thing to go to Bible college, and maybe seminary, get you out of resume. But before too long, you begin to realize, he begins to realize, the place he goes begins to realize, there's no call on that man's life. That man's just, it's just a job to him. So as you're in the search of a new pastor, The number one question is this. Tell me about your salvation. How did you get in the army? Number two, do you know what his will is for your life? Has he revealed that? Are you submissive to wherever he would want you to go, you're willing to go? Even if it means go to another state or a foreign mission field? And then you say, tell me about that call. I think that ought to be the number two question when the pastor search committee is formed once again. Explain your salvation. Explain your call. Are you following the Lord, even if it's going to be to endure hardship? To endure hardship. Notice the call of Christ has not changed. And when you refuse as a Christian in his army, if you refuse to live as the Lord desires, 
then you have crossed the line from being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ to being a traitor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you're no longer following him. You've gone your own way. You're doing your own thing. And so we must constantly be focused on him. We must be a follower. Number two, quality of a good soldier, he's faithful. He is faithful. And notice he, his patience, first of all. He endures hardship and he does not, listen, he does not quit. He does not quit. The good soldier realizes that there, there will be troubles along the way and, and he's not to be detoured by those troubles. He understands the pain is often part of the Christian experience. Well, the Lord will not put more on you than you can stand. Yes, he will. In order that what? We not dependent upon ourselves, but upon our ranking Lord Jesus Christ, that we follow him. Remember that a Christian is called upon to face life with extreme patience. Not only is he faithful in his patience, but his priorities. He seeks to please the commander. Matters not whom he displeases as long as he pleases the commander. And so we please the commander. Notice the good soldier has no higher goal in life than to be pleasing in the sight of the Lord Jesus. The good soldier knows that anything which interferes with his performance has to be done away with. You know, when I joined the military, I was young, cocky, rebellious. It wasn't too long that I figured out it was much better to follow this guy that was yelling and belittling me than to uh, argue with him. Same, same type thing right here. You trust, we preached on last week. You trust that he is your commander. You trust those that he puts in places of leadership that he has done so and so trust is built. But our pride rises up many times and we want our way. But the priority is that you want his way. The good soldier knows that anything which interferes with uh, his performance in the military has got to be done away. So the good soldier is to please his superior, do whatever he has to do, and get the job done done here's the question be honest who comes first in your life well whatever whoever it is that's your God Pleasing Jesus ought to be the first priority of every child of God. Amen? You know what amen means, don't you? I agree with that, so let it be. Okay? You know what selah means? You, you do, don't you, Curtis? What, you know what selah means? Selah in the Psalms? Pause and think about that. So we just pause and think about all that's been said right here. Is it true in our life? 
Then notice what I read in chapter 4, his practice. He guards those truths of the faith. The good soldier takes care of the things delivered unto him. He's determined to do a good job. He refuses to do anything that would bring disgrace or dishonor upon the Lord Jesus. So it is with the Christian soldier. He wants to live his life in a manner that brings honor to the Lord and not dishonor. Are you keeping the faith this morning? Well, then notice thirdly, he's familiar. He is familiar. There are some things right there that a good soldier knows. Notice he's familiar with the sound of the commander's voice. The way to get more familiar with the Lord's voice, hey, make sense, spend more time with him. Spend more time with him in, in the word of God and in prayer, alone with him, allowing him to speak directly to you and your heart through his word, through prayer, the sound of the commander's voice. Then number two, the skill of using your weapons. Whole separate sermon right here, but in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the, the weaponry that we have is a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ and that indeed we are in a battle, that this is a battleship. The good soldier knows that he's engaged in what uh, we call mortal uh, warfare. He knows that the only way to succeed in that fight is to be proficient in his use of the spiritual weaponry that God has given to us. And you and I would do well to learn that we are in a spiritual warfare if we intend to be a success for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice thirdly, the strategy of the enemy. The good soldier knows that the enemy's ever active, that he never rests. The good soldier knows that the enemy is shrewd, often deceptive in the way that he's attacking. But he also knows, the good soldier knows, I can't face this myself. I need the Lord. I need the Lord's help. He knows that regardless of the trap, God will make a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. The good soldier studies the methods of his enemy and learns the weaknesses that he exploits to, to his fullest ability to get a place rooted in our hearts, in our minds, in our fellowship. And, and you see, the good Christian soldier needs to be wise in the ways of the devil. He needs to know that the Lord Jesus is greater than the enemy, however. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. Now, you've got, you got to know that because you've got a relationship. You're in the army. If you're lost and you're not in his army, then, man, the devil's have, he, he's all over you and you don't even know it. And that's what I say to people oftentimes. I think it's pretty good. Really. <laughs> no, we're in the middle of a battle friend, but not with one another, with the devil himself. Then notice number four, 
with the shadows of his friends, is what I say right here. Is the good soldier not only cares about his own welfare, he looks out for the welfare of his fellow soldiers. There's a, a need for the soldiers of the Lord to come together and train. Hey, soldiers of the Lord, on June the 2nd at 4 o'clock, if you're involved in the leadership of God's army right here or you have a desire to step up and be in leadership, have I got the place for you to be right here at 4 o'clock. Because we're going to talk about what we think the Lord has for us to see and do and how the devil is trying to hinder us from doing it and how we can gird up how we can get more proficient with his weaponry and that he can be victorious in our lives, in our families, and in this church. Amen. We come together. We train together. But then notice uh, Roman number four, he is a fighter. He's a fighter. Paul makes three statements in this verse that describe the good soldier. He says he's determined. He does not retreat in the face of the enemy. He does not run uh, from the fight. Instead, he stands his ground and he fights the battle until the battle is over. Many Christian soldiers have dropped out of the battle, and I challenge you, don't be one of that number. Be one of the number of being right where God wants you to do and where to be and what he wants you to do that moment. He's driven. The good soldier realized that the battle does not run according to his time frame. He knows that there's another in charge for the duration of the battle. And I say, you know, what's, what's our time is often not God's time. And what's our ways? It's not often God's ways. So we focus on him. How long will it take? I don't know. God does. But I'm in a hurry. Maybe he's not. Maybe he is. I got a phone call just this week from a reference of a young preacher that they're considering in the old preacher's last days today. I said, man, y'all are in a hurry. <laughs> they said, well, no, we, we've known this individual for a long time, and, and we're just feeling real strongly that we don't want to let him get by the wayside. And, and we kind of had that conversation. And so I said to them, I said, well, I know the man. He's a good man. I said, you sound like a good church. Sound like that you're very concerned and not miss God's will. So who am I to tell you it's got to be done a certain way? And so that just reminded me through that conversation. God's ways are not our ways. God's time is not our time. And you see, the good soldier is in the battle to the finish he is driven according to the Lord's 
timetable, the good soldiers in the battle to the finish, what would it take to make you quit this morning? One, some people are just one disaster away. I quit. Some people are one sermon away. I quit. Some people are one service away. I quit. What, why did you quit? Did the commander tell you to quit or was it people, circumstances, that things that took the joy away from serving you? Do battle. Do battle. And notice, driven, driven. Now let me clarify that. If it's God's will that you quit, hallelujah. 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 Don't go against God's will. Follow his direction. That doesn't mean that if you have quit, that you're not a part of his army. It doesn't mean you're a lesser of a soldier. It means that you heard a different voice. He spoke directly to you. Then notice, he's dedicated. He dedicates himself to keeping the oath determined to live for the Lord regardless of the personal cost. The good soldier keeps the faith. And so the question is to me and to you, do I, do you? You, 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 you keep the faith by living it. You, you keep the faith by sharing it. You keep the faith by defending it. And you do that all the time. All the time. The faith is precious to the good soldier. If, if he does everything in his power to keep it pure and undefiled, then the commander's happy. Notice last thing, chapter 4, 7 and 8, he's a finisher. He has resolve. He's focused. Good soldiers in it for the long haul. He doesn't quit at the first hint of trouble. He's a finisher. God give us Christians with the attitude of finishers. We need some who will stay the stuff in these last days. The last days are not going to get any easier. Dig in. Buckle up. Then notice he has reason, not only resolve. Why does a good soldier endure hardship? Why does he stay in the fight? Why does he follow the leader selflessly right here? The good soldier knows the price has already been paid by his superior to make place for him in the army. And you see, the good soldier knows his Lord loves him. He knows that Jesus died to make a way of salvation for him. Therefore, he loves the Lord. No price becomes too high because he first loved us. We love him. And we follow him. Then notice he has a reward. 
The good soldier finishes his course because he knows that at the end of the war, every deed will be rewarded by the commander-in-chief. The beam of seat time will come. The things in, that, that we've done in this body, whether they be good or whether they be bad, not to throne us. Jesus took our place. He paid the sin debt. He shed his blood. But the things are important, friend, while we're in the army, how we live our lives. We stay in the battle. There'll come a glad day of blessing, a glad day of blessings when, when we'll hear the commander's voice, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful soldier. So I want to challenge you here today. Wrap this up this way. If you're not in the army, you can come to the Lord Jesus today, give your heart, your life to him, repent of your sin, trust the Lord Jesus Christ as the one who died for your sin, who was buried and rose again the third day, who is willing to come into your life and give you his presence, to give you his power, to give you his, his direction for your life, your purpose in your life. I challenge you to come for that. If you've never joined the army of the Lord, then come today. It's a good time. Now is the time. Today is the day. But then I want to close by asking you, when you pass from this scene, will it be said, you were a good soldier of Christ? I've been thinking about pre-recording my sermon at my funeral. Is that weird? And, and, uh, and we'll have a celebration that I've gone on to glory. But I just want one last time to say, don't wait till you get to this point, time to worry about your legacy it's too late when you're dead am I right so if, if there's some area uh, you know sometimes my commander the Lord Jesus Christ he jerks a knot in my tail excuse me not a whole lot different than when I was in boot camp and you know my <laughs> DI or later on my Hey, listen, I'll just tell you a real quick story. I'm in Vietnam. We're short-handed. We're in the midst of the Tet Offensive. We're, we're sending up planes left and right. They're coming back with holes in them, this kind of thing. And we were so short-handed that I was not only the crew chief of one F-4 Phantom Jet, but five F-4 Phantom Jets in the heat of the Tet Offensive. And so I thought I knew my comrade, my, my buddies over there that... Uh, that that I served with, and so they brought me their their orders, and I had Red X orders, and so I signed off. The pilot came back in, got come down to me, and let's just say he wasn't real happy because we had sent that that plane up, that fighter jet up, with not the adequate oxygen for him to go and do his thing. Okay, well. Rank, yes, sir. I got you loud and clear. 
I passed it on down. I got that. But man, I, I was in fear. I was in fear. But it took about, seemed like eternity, but a couple months. And that same pilot came and he said, as far as I'm concerned, what happened, happened. We've moved on. I kind of equate that to forgiveness. Sometimes the Lord just chews me out. And rather than me arguing with him about it, just keep on doing what I'm doing. He forgives. But here's the cool thing. He forgets. I don't know what sin's in your life, but God's grace is sufficient. You say, well, I'd love to be in the army, but I've done this, I've done that. I am doing this, I am doing that. Walk away from all that. Totally commit to Jesus. Let him shape you into the servant he wants you to be. All of us don't measure up to him, do we? All of us. We're always in rank to him. That's why we can say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because he is God. He is holy, holy. Have you tracked with me? Have you tracked with me? The kids sang, the choir sang, children had their message, baptism, death, burial, resurrection. The word of God has spoken. The spirit of God is speaking. Jesus is present. Now, I don't want to get too far out on my illustration right here. But when I went in the military, I knew I was supposed to go. That recruiter did an excellent job. He had my attention. I heard his voice. Then when I went down to Ponce de Leon Avenue, down by the old Sears, and stood there naked looking at about 200 other guys, saying, did I, I commit myself to join the military service? I got in. You know, now, were there times when I got in that I wanted to quit? Yeah, but I couldn't. <laughs> Why? Because I get court-martialed. It brings shame. There are times in the Lord's army that, you know, you just got to bite the bullet. Say, Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for forgiving me. And march on. March on. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me. And he bought me with redeeming love. He took me and it brought love to it. He brought me to victory. Stand to your feet if you will.
Father, draw us to the altar today to come to Jesus for a fresh touch, to enlist in your army, to confess sin, or to pray. Thank you today that we can remember those that gave the ultimate sacrifice for the freedom we have to stand and preach and worship today and say praise the Lord. Thank you for Christian soldiers that are listed in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as our examples to go and do ye likewise. Thank you for Paul who's speaking to a young Timothy. I pray today, Lord, that you take this body of Christ, bring us together as one, focus on you, train together, move forward together, and Lord, may you receive the glory and the honor. May our legacy be not that something we have done, but it all be because we have followed you. We've been faithful. Oftentimes there's been fighting. But we're familiar, Lord, with, with your weaponry, with your still small voice. And Lord, we just pray today that as we finish the task that you put before us, you'll be honored and glorified. And it's in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Let's sing together. You begin to come and say yes to Christ. Thank you, Curtis. Uh, in your bulletin today, I just want to draw your attention to some things. I've already uh, mentioned the ministry leaders meeting on June the 2nd at 4 o'clock. We do encourage you that if you're currently in a leadership position or you have desire to use, be used of God in leadership, please be at that meeting. I think it will be advantageous to you and your walk and to the health of our church. Then also I want you to uh, take note uh, of, of everything that's in there, but obviously. But I've kind of given a little different name to, to the music night, to the hymn scene. I call it Harvest of Praise, just something I've used in the past that uh, I wanted to re-implement here. And that is uh, next Sunday night. And Curtis has asked that uh, as we gather at 6 o'clock for our Harvest of Praise, uh, if you'd like to participate, uh, we would like to have you to let us know beforehand and be practiced up to do your best job for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
but we'll also have some spontaneous hymns that we'll sing and talk about why they're uh, precious to us. We'll sing some uh, praise choruses as well, do the same thing. My desire is that, that next Sunday night after the leadership team meeting at 4 o'clock, that we come in here and just rejoice. Just rejoice together and sing praises unto the Lord. Uh, let's see. Anything else, BJ, that I need to emphasize? We, we don't have services this Wednesday is the reason I'm kind of looking at things are getting away from us. No services this Wednesday. Full slate next Sunday, however. And so we won't have a lot of time to communicate with you between now and then. And uh, so and just encourage you to be a part of all that. We Did we promote today? We promoted in, or is that next week too? So that's next week too. So important day, June the 2nd. And that'll be meeting here at 9.15. Uh, and we'll see many of our, our children and our, our youth step it up a notch, go to another uh, class. And we adults, we know you wouldn't do it anyway. So, I mean, I'm in that class. The only other place I can go. Um, yeah, there you go. And, and so uh, we call ourselves not old people anymore. What do we call ourselves? Mature. Uh, what? All right, there you go. Mature adults. Okay, well, that's, that carries a lot of weight with it, okay? All right. Uh, who's scheduled, pray? There we go. Let us 